And welcome to episode 258 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined this week by just my prankin' co-host, Peter. <laughs> prankin' Peter, as we call them prankin in the streets. It's prankin' Peter! <laughs> 258, that sure is an integer. Uh, and it's a special integer because this week we're coming at you with the lemon pepper dry rub edition of the cast. That's right. Put it on your chicken and then put it in the fire, and it, it tastes like lemon and pepper. And, of course, we were coming at you live from a diner in Trenton, New Jersey, the diner state. Uh, we have more diners per capita than any state in the union, and that is a true fact. <laughs> That's fair. Diner density is, a, is at an all-time high, there as well are, as the people I, are at an all-time high. To, to, give you, <laughs> to give you a sense... Uh, I live in a fairly small town in New Jersey, and yet on the main drag of town, there's not one but two diners to serve the population of what can't be more than 3,500 people. (laughs) If only we could all be so blessed. Like, if it's not decked out in chrome, and you don't get your plate-sized pancakes in a fucking pie tin when when you can't eat anymore... Then are you really going to a After diner? After your first pancake? Yeah. <laughs> just pile it you all in. a stack of five, you just eat one, and already you're, you're sweaty, your hair's matting to your forehead, the heavy breathing's coming in, you can feel that just gonna... And it's pancakes. You get pancake full, where it just it just sits in your stomach all day. It never digests. Nope. And you try opening up the fucking canister, the little... Uh, poor carafe of maple syrup but it's so sticky it's like rolling the holy stone away from the tomb of christ <laughs> yes you gotta like it's like fucking trying to pull excalibur from the goddamn stone you have to be the chosen one to press the button down the lift and you say fuck it i'm gonna take my my concord grape jelly square instead <laughs> i never got jelly on pain. i like i guess it's the same principle as jelly and any other oat-based thing like mm. bread or oatmeal i love peanut butter and jelly oatmeal mm. that's a good one yeah that's tops that's going in our mushy packet yes that's you're gonna get that as a free add-in with your vinyl copy <laughs> of episode 258 <laughs> oh my gosh all for the low low price of 65.99 a month <laughs> Plus shipping. <laughs> we'll go get a recording booth out in the fucking Silicon Valley. It'll be $20 million for five rooms. And one of them's going to just be like ribbed for our pleasure all around. That's the sound studio. Um, and we're going to get there on a road trip. Like a bad trip. That's our trip. I don't know. I tried to rhyme, but man, we watched Bad Trip this week. Eric Andres yeah. uh, shot it. It was uh, shot. That's what you expect. Um, it's not bad, but like I, I haven't really watched a lot of these like jackass. I Borat's kind of I guess the the closest I've come to these like prank movies where it's 
a, a story tying together all these different pranks and mm. they don't really function super well as movies with a narrative structure it's more or less you're watching a uh fucking episode of mr show where all the sketches are just kind of loosely tied together yeah. with some connective tissue and outside of that it's a eric andre prank compilation which I have spent many a night watching, mm-hmm. so I can't complain. I I wasn't I didn't hate it. It was fun to watch, but as a movie, it did not. Yeah, it didn't really work. It's um, it's All Eric Andre. Well. I think trying to capitalize on uh his four now five seasons of his hit show, uh, which it really should have been the Eric Andre show, the movie. I think at this yeah. point, it really just should have been him, like, when, you know how, like, Conan will go to a place, or, like, yeah. uh, you know, they'll be like, I'm in Japan now. It'll be, like, Eric Andre is like, I'm on the south side of Baltimore now. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And he's just, like, goes, it's like, Eric Andre sees America, or something like that. And and you can use that as the, the framing device. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen quite a few of the... Um, public mayhem we'll call it the public mayhem genre um and yeah there's i think this is baby's first mayhem genre public mayhem movie um but we'll get into that more we will yeah we get we have we have things to say about it and uh we'll talk about uh some of the things that were in the movie some of the things that surprisingly weren't in the movie like uh his uh his best friend. I really think that part was meant for Hannibal. Yep. <laughs> but they couldn't get him. They couldn't even get Hannibal. <laughs> I would have. That would have been so awesome if they got Hannibal. Uh. Yet no. Um. But before then, Trey Watch. Yes, yeah, so we have trailers to talk about. Trey Watch weekly. Trailer roundup and discussion segment where we, uh, based on two-minute clips of a movie, determine whether it's good or bad. And then we have a segment that follows this where we see if we were right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's more cohesive than I thought. That was the idea in my head. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's why it's called the (laughs) follow-up. I see. I thought we were just doing shit. Like, we just rolled the dice one day. We're like, all right, movies first, then video games, and then we talk for for another hour. That's I, My mind is just, I'm, I'm living like a river. My brain goes with the flow. I wake up at 8 a.m., I'm like, ow, I got a nasty headache. Time to eat a fucking veggie samosa. Hangover cure of the century, or whatever. I got a mix, I got a mix Indian appetizer last night. Man, those are some... There's a variety there. Because I got vegetable samosa, which is just a vegetable, like, tetrahedron. (laughs) It's a bread tetrahedron with potatoes and spinach inside. I got whatever... They took, like, a thick potato chip and fried it in dough. In, like, thick state fair dough. And that was nice. And then they had... what What can I only describe as, like, bok choy wasp nest... Like, it's like a lumpy, like, tumor-looking thing of, like, onion and cabbage. And it's all crinkly and wrinkly. And you just tear it apart and you go to town and it tastes delicious. You dip it in the... Bok choy wasp's nest. 
That's my new band. Check us out. Bandcamp link in the description. Honestly, that's actually not a bad name for like a punk band. Right? I mean, if you can get the red jumpsuit apparatus over as a band name, I think Bok Choy Wasp Ness is, isn't too much of a stretch. Oh, my gosh. Um, so I guess they'd be an alternative rock scene band from 2007. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, I could see they're like... They... Oh, we need to like make that movie now. We need to do the This Is Spinal Tap for Bok Choy Wasp Ness. Bok Choy Wasp. BCWN. We'll get we'll get we'll get Matt Berry to play a character. I don't know which character yet, but he'll be in the movie. <laughs> you just what if we just made a movie and we just randomly cast everyone? Like you get you assemble your cast and you assemble your roles and you <laughs> so pair we pick them. all our actors and then we just like pull names out of a hat. Men are playing women. Women are playing men. <laughs> you do like a Swiss bracket. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, um. Those Who Wish Me Dead is yep. a new Angelina Jolie vehicle that looks slightly interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's elements of movies that have all been done before, but it's one of those things where a machine learning program has analyzed the last 50 years of box office results and come up with a movie <laughs> tailor-made to break even. Yeah, I watched this this week, and I, I immediately like forgot about it. This was, I see fire. I'm trying to remember what this trailer was so, about. Okay, so there's a kid whose oh, right. dad is into some shit, and then he crashes the car, and the mob kills him, and they're trying to kill the kid because he witnessed the murder, and Angelina Jolie's a park ranger, but there's a forest fire happening, too. Mm-hmm. So all, all these combustible elements are coming together. Literally. And who... Who will survive this summer in Backdraft meets Taken meets um, Salt, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's basically, isn't the California wilderness scary? Like, it could just catch fire. <laughs> there's a killer there. Like, there's no one to talk to. That's scary for, for some people. <laughs> they have no one to talk to. That's lonely. Angel- Angelina Jolie? She's going to be scared. Angelina Jolonely. <laughs> Jalonely. Jalonely. That's Bok Choy. Chew? That's a- Jalonely. That's the, uh, is that the album? Is that Bok Choy Wasp Nest's uh, first album, yes. Jalonely? Angelina Jalonely. <laughs> one is, and the the hot single is, uh, one is Jalonliest number. <laughs> Jalonliest number. <laughs> <Jalonliest> Gump. <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be, it's gonna be. It's tough. it's an act, summer action movie. Um, it looks no worse than summer action movies I've paid money to see, such as Skyscraper, a movie I saw in <laughs> Dolby. Ah, <laughs> uh, you can hear the rock all around you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um. All right. Well, we let's see. I gotta look up the. There's um, the girl, the woman in the window, which is just yeah, that movie that was supposed to come out last year. That was supposed to come out uh, last year. Oh lord. Yeah, we actually already covered this exact trailer. I was watching this, and I think this was supposed to be a theater release. Now it's been moved to Netflix. Uh, I see. And in movie news, all of Sony shit is gonna be net. 
Netflix post uh, post theatrical run. So Sony is not going to try to launch uh, Sony Plus. They could, you know, they could if they really wanted to, they could probably put their streaming service on just the PlayStation Network. Like if you subscribe to PS PSN, here you get a whole streaming service for free. We're also going to up the price of PSN subscriptions by about $8. <laughs> and an unrelated move. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, this is... All right. We're not going to talk about this in the video games. I want to just throw this in here randomly. Uh, Wizards at Magic, they're floating the idea of a fucking secret layer subscription service. A paid subscription service where you pay to get notified when you can buy the secret layer. <laughs> and you get first dibs on it. And it's like a hundred dollars for per year, I think. They're whale hunting. They are whale hunting hard. Um, I was gonna say speaking of whales, but no. Um, <laughs> oh, more Mortal Kombat movie. I don't think we talked yeah, about a clip that. out. I think we talked about the trailer. Um. But yeah, there's there's a clip out of it. Also, there's a clip out of uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes, where he gets attacked by. They couldn't let it go. They just they had to call back again. They're like, oh, what a Stay Puft guys, but small and Paul Rudd in store in a Walmart. They never done that before. I I actually liked it because it's. I think if you're gonna do. Um, a callback it's better to do it like this where it's similar to but unique from the original thing versus what they did in ghostbusters 2016 where it's literally the same thing that's fair i mean i would prefer if they didn't have it at all but if they do i guess it's a, a good as and good there's a place. some cool sight gags like they're fucking roasting each other mm-hmm. over a grill and making themselves in the s'mores yeah, that's a little... Which is very gruesome when you think about it beyond a surface level. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to be... We Are they going to be the new minions, though? Um, We're going to get them... I think there will be a small push from Sony to make them the new minions, but it will fail catastrophically. They'll drop it in two weeks and pretend like they never tried to do it in the first place. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, no, what are you talking about? It's just a scene in the movie. They're gonna make it. They never tried to merchandise these no. as they burn like fifty truckloads of boxes of stave, uh, like mini stave puffed peeps that sh- are shaped yeah. like the marshmallow men. They missed that window. Easter was last week. <laughs> Those eggs have hatched. Those birds are in a Tyson chicken farm. <laughs> Oh, um, we got a second trailer for for Cruella, mm-hmm. uh, which reveals that this movie is basically the Devil Wears Prada, with more with, zaniness, yeah. more so le- less grounded. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like some high fantasy. I mean, I guess not really high fantasy, but you know what I mean. Like, I get you. Uh, like girl lights her fucking dress on fire and somehow it it's another dress and it doesn't touch her hair even though if she was wearing a hood that would have 
you know, mm-hmm. theoretically caught on fire with the rest of it. Uh, though it is impressive, you made a functional dress out of flash paper. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a weird um, design choice that they made the protagonist, uh, at least for the yes. first part of this movie, look like um, Big Red. The you remember that meme? The uh, whenever someone wants yes, to make fun of feminists, they they grab the the red haired bobcat woman who's like screaming at the mic. That's what yeah. she looks like in this. Which I yes. don't know what that also, says. It's an interesting design choice to um, make your protagonist the woman most known for wanting to kill a bunch of innocent Dalmatian puppies, skin them, and make a coat out of the skin um so yeah let's 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 make a movie where you root for her yeah it's not like there's an entire it's not like there's a series of movies very popular movies where um there's an evil woman who we know she's evil and uh we're kind of rooting for her but we don't want you know she still does awful shit uh i'm talking of course about the harley quinn suicide squad movies where you're like Nah, she's still a piece of shit. I don't know. This isn't empowering. Yeah, I don't really feel like this is the character I want to support. <laughs> she's not very likable. <laughs> so I don't know why Disney's trying to pull trying to pull one over. They're trying to pull the dog skin over our eyes. I feel yeah. It's I mean it's obvious. We talked about it when when the first trailer dropped that this is them trying to like continue what they did with. Maleficent mm-hmm. and make the you know the Disney villain movies for their their tween edgy audience yeah uh, but I don't really know who asked for Cruella and why that's the second villain they're doing right. I feel like there are other more iconic choices mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like Ursula's gotta be gotta be a good one I'm trying to think of other yeah. other villainesses in the Disney. Well, the, the canon. fucking witch from Snow White, you know, that would have been an easier jump from Maleficent. Very similar, like beats and story elements. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe they um, didn't want to can... like do too soon. They're like, we want to branch out. We want to schmear. We want to schmear. But where's the Gaston movie? <laughs> yes, no, but the Beauty and the Beast. We had to empower Belle. You had to make her strong and make the beast nag her. Was that the live action? That was. And okay. I didn't watch any of it. They they had a scene where like the guy just goes right up and he's like, oh, I don't want you teaching other girls how to read. Girls can't. I love I love one. It's such a dumb like no one's ever been that cartoonish about it. <laughs> Like that's not what sexism looks like. <laughs> oh, I yeah, I don't even know. Um, we'll move on to something more more tasteful, a little more mainstream. <laughs> oh, oh, Andrew Garfield is nearly forty and playing. <laughs> He's doing it for the paycheck tonight, kids. Um, Andrew Garfield trying to dunk on logan paul i think i don't know this movie looks like it has no budget 
So this movie, I, I know I'm fairly certain of two things about this movie. This movie was originally titled Nobody Special. Mm-hmm. And it's a movie kind of like lampooning, well, I guess not really lampooning, but dunking on um, like influencer culture. Yeah. Where a bunch of like people who really have no skills or anything going for them just get picked to pretend to have this lavish lifestyle. Yeah. And I, people are obsessed with them for no reason. I, yeah. I don't know if it's, if this thing is, if his, if nobody special is a streamer, like a, a channel, you know, I would be on YouTube or if it's like a game show where they interview like influencers and popular internet people. I don't because there's like it's like a game show at the end and the beginning it's like they're just like hey look it's Logan Paul it's Jake Paul woo look it's blonde it's a blonde boy in a rich California house um yeah I don't know what Andrew Garfield is trying to go for here I can't discern from his face what is what his uh actions are like and then they just slapped uh. They just slapped uh, emojis all over the screen. <laughs> they got their... Um, yeah, it's a, it's an art piece. I don't know. Like, there, there's potential for this to be a fairly interesting movie. And I do kind of like the uh, idea of a takedown movie of the stupid, like, influencer culture that we're, we're currently living in. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if this is it, Chief. I'm going to wait to see the reviews. <laughs> yeah. Although, I'm just looking at some of, like, the guest people. Because they got, like, they actually, I think they actually brought in one of the Pauls. And, but they also brought uh, in Johnny Knoxville. So, I don't know. I, I really don't know. This is a weird mix. Um... It, there's like an there's an air of obnoxiousness this really feels about like this. like an A twenty four movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know a lot about IFC. What their what their style is. Oh well, they're the independent film channel. So, mm. gotcha. uh, indie rific. Indie. Although Portlandia was an IFC show, and so was the Whitest Kids You Know. Actually, I don't. Know. I do not predict good things for this movie. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think it's a uh, a interesting concept that the execution might be a little lacking in. Mm-hmm. Um, our next trailer. Speaking of lacking in execution. Yeah. Uh, Space Jam. Okay. But it's it's actually not space this time. It's... We're in the digital world. Scooby Doo in Cyber Chase. I don't. A lot better All right, yeah. We, um, yeah, Space Jam. Oh, I don't know about this one, Chief. I don't know how to feel about this, because Space Jam is just—it's a meme, right? Like, no one thinks Space Jam is a good movie. No one really like. I don't know. I think a lot of people do think it's a good, like, or at least a fun kids movie. Like, they're not saying like it's a like. Yeah, this is great. But I feel like I I feel like it's a it's a so bad it's good sort of thing. 
you know mm-hmm. it's like a more mainstream version of a ninja operation movie interesting i've never i have not felt that way about the movie it's always felt to be like it's felt to me like a uh, like a summer camp rainy day movie like um one of the later air buds where they're just like you just pop it in and you're like oh it's it's buggins bunny and michael jansen michael <laughs> jansen Chad um, michael jansen and it was like it was that that kind of um looney tunes research okay. I'd, I'd say resurgence in the 90s where they kind of like did another push to to get back onto like saturday morning stuff and warner brothers was going hot um and they just kind of plugged that in and they did the classic like there it was it was a lot of trends of the 90s going on and i guess in the same kind of vein this is like trends of the the 2020s like in in that like it's now epic it's got to be epic it's not like uh, the Monstars who came down and yeah. they took they took the basketball player's hand-eye coordination. <laughs> I laugh even yeah. remembering it because I'm thinking about like, you know, when they got the footage of the guys and they're just like trying to drink and they're like squirting themselves in the face. Yeah, everything's... But now they took like LeBron like James' said, son? Yeah, who's in this and they dialed up everything to be kind of like... I don't know. Um, Going hard. Big. Too serious. Takes itself way too serious. There was some nice uh, uh, Easter eggs with different Warner Brothers characters in in the trailer, but that was about the only thing I enjoyed of it. The CGI looks pretty bad. All things considered, I don't know why they went with a hyper-realistic style for characters that are most iconically known for 2D. Um, yeah, I you know simple drawings, and that is how they've appeared in the two Looney Tunes live-action movies that have been done, as so well as this little comedy in the '80s. You maybe know, you know, who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, like it. Uh, seemed like a needless upgrade in air quotes because it's visually a downgrade like there's a there's a part where he's a cartoon himself lebron james and it looks good like all the characters look like they should and if they had just kept that (laughs) it would have been fine you can have lebron james be regular human dude if it's too weird to animate him and you want to be like well we got the famous basketball player we have to show him actually playing basketball but why hyper realize the other characters just doesn't i I don't know a lot of sense and um on the other hand this is very much the uh check out our ip we got to keep our ips going we don't want to lose them um or or however like that's why he goes past like the game of thrones planet and the fucking iron giant is in this one too a lot of people were joking that this is just Ready Player Two. Yeah, uh, yeah, actually, that that is um, actually a very good comparison because the uh, way the characters, this especially a lot of the CG human characters, look is very uh, reminiscent of Ready Player One, and it is basically 
the Warner Brothers realization of that universe. Although I think that was also a Warner Brothers movie. I don't know. I have it. I don't know. On this my shelf. It, like half of this feels like um, just eating its own hype for the first movie, and the other half feels like uh, keeping their IPs uh, in 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 the studio and getting some screen time with them. This is this is the equivalent of a Saban Films, but for like <laughs> CG and cartoon characters. Yeah, I mean, this has been in development for fucking years now. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember first hearing about this in college. I haven't been in college in, like, over three years. <laughs> yeah. So it's at least been that long in development. Um, And I've, I'm not really impressed. Like I, I, Like I said, I don't really know that I expected much from this because on a technical level the first space jam wasn't a very good movie mm-hmm. so i didn't really expect this to be like i don't think it's not i don't think it's not living up to the legacy of space jam by being a bad movie in fact i think that kind of helps <laughs> in that regard but it's nowhere near as silly as Space Jam yeah. is like I mean Space if, Jam if, it, it leaned into the absurdity in the way that nineties properties did. Yeah. Where they're like, all right. Aliens There are some classic funny moments. I'm not trying to shit on Space Jam. I love Space Jam just as much as the next guy, but it's it's because it's a, a absurd movie. Like I, I laugh at it more than I laugh with it. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I but what I'm trying to say is Bill Murray needs to come off the bench. Otherwise, this movie is a complete failure. Yeah, uh, you know what I'm kind of, what I'm a little miffed about. If they wanted to be like hip and new with the times, uh, even though these guys aren't like these guys are kind of they've been out for a while. I think there should have been a Dude Perfect cameo. Like Dude Perfect need to come and like, like we're playing by like LeBron's like we're playing by a whole different set of rules. I I can't compete here. And Dude Perfect just comes in, like they shoot it from. Like they shoot it around the world and it goes around the uh, the other side of the globe and into the thing. Like yeah, and they do like stupid, ridiculous trick shots. I feel like that would slot in perfectly to a movie about cartoon basketball. Is a group of guys who do insane trick shots from very unexpected uh, scenarios. Just trying to throw things in I mean here. it makes it makes no less sense than the Iron Giant being in the movie um <laughs> I don't know that I I say it makes any sense but it makes no less sense than that oh can we I want to talk one more thing about how Don Cheadle is fucking Tron in this yes Don <laughs> Cheadle well he's he's beyond Tron he's fucking the server uh, master or whatever the fuck yeah he's like fucking uh, I don't know who's who's the bad guy from Cyber Chase. Hacker. His name yeah. is just. I think his name is just Hacker. Like if he if he got in and and won that that'd be him. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. <laughs> he's I... of, oh, he's he's like fucking uh, Alt from Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where he is, he is he just controls the digital space his engram yeah i yeah 
Oh, Space Jam. I I don't know how it's gonna go, kids. I think I think that game's been out long enough where I can I can drop little spoilers there. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal. Patch one point two came out for that. The other I week. heard performance is solid, even on my weaker machine. I can hold the steady sixty FPS at four K with DLSS on. Very nice. Very nice. Why? I never had as many issues with bugs as others did. So, like, I don't really notice too many of the bug fixes because I didn't have the bugs to begin with. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it's it's getting to where it should have been. I just thought of this. All right. One more thing about Space Jam. Why didn't I want I want LeBron to get sucked into a video game and he has to, his adversaries, his son gets recruited by a team of evil esports athletes. And he has to go inside the game to defeat his son at virtual basketball with the Looney Tunes to get to like win his son back. That's that's that would, where that would have been better. Yeah. And they're gonna enslave them in like the VR world. That's how they're gonna take <laughs> over with esports. These are uh, this is where I'm going. New frontiers. You're going somewhere. Do you have anything else? That was I. There were other trailers. There was a Black Widow watch. trailer, I think. I didn't watch that because I, I remember seeing final trailer on one of them. <laughs> the new final, final new trailer. I think I. It probably is just more of the clips, rearranged, put together. Yeah. So. It it's yeah it doesn't really show. I'm scrubbing through it and I've seen all these shots, including the fucking uh, MGS suit ripoff. <laughs> yeah, so I pretty lax for trailers. I know, like the the thing about the the Space Jam was like the internet was like clamoring for it, but as soon as it dropped, I feel like no one it just cared. It, yeah, yeah, it landed with a thunk. No splash, um, and I think that's that's what's going to happen when it finally comes out. Who knows? But what we do know, we do know, is what movies that have been trailed on by us have come out in theaters, and we know the money that has been made by those by the viewing of the audience. Follow Correct. up. That's that's the follow up uh, to the shock of no one for Easter weekend. Godzilla vs Kong cleaned up at the box office, thirty two point two million dollars, which I believe is the largest opening of the pandemic era. Mm-hmm. Monkey um, saved us. They saved the theaters. Of course, you know we're we're people are getting vaccinated now. More theaters are open so it, it that helps certainly mm-hmm. um we reviewed this on the show last week uh quick plug for this coming soon ish i need to sit down and do it um but i'm going to start um taking our movie reviews and uploading them separately to our youtube channel so if you're someone who just wants to hear the review without the hour plus of nonsense in front of it uh you'll have yourself taken care of if you're someone who doesn't care about the review 
then you can still listen to the hour and a half of nonsense in front of it uh, and enjoy your time. Uh, it's a strong warm up. We we get like we get drunk on our own speech, and by the time we get to the end, we are we're just looping it. Sometimes I just get more interested in whatever the fuck we were talking about than whatever we were supposed to be talking about. So yeah, I'll I'll start uh, first with like a lot of the major movies, and I'm gonna go back. Like I have all the episodes, so I don't know. I'm not gonna promise. I'm gonna put all 258. Well, I mean, some episodes don't have reviews, but that's true. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to put all the reviews up there, but I'll start at least with like the bigger blockbusters and then some of our special series like Ninja Operations and Shitty Avengers of the World. And that will be over the course of the next several months. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but the the reason I brought up our reviews is that uh, we reviewed Godzilla vs. Kong episode 257 and we thought it was all right um yeah. like if you, the godzilla versus kong part it's what you came to see everything else no less so <laughs> no i didn't i don't even remember what what else happened in that movie i remember there's a man who plugged into the skull vr of king Ghidorah. Yes, king Ghidorah. <laughs> Skull brain, brain electrocuted. Yeah, in the most obvious twist ever. Uh, yeah, the the, <laughs> the 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 parts where it's not the giant monsters fighting were were kind of weak. <laughs> yeah, when uh when monkey returned to his Kryptonian home world, that was choice. <laughs> All right. Um, the unholy, a horror film about a girl oh, yeah, it who, was that evil the evil nun yeah, thing yeah where she thought it was the virgin mary um and then it's a demon it was the demon larry and it wasn't mary Carrie, <laughs> larry, the demon larry from come play <laughs> that tab on pornhub <laughs> i do not know come play the movie with the autistic kid and the monster named larry that we've joked about how it sounds like a tab on Pornhub. oh i guess we did all right that movie exited from my mind (laughs) that movie is in one of my fucking cans somewhere over here let me see if i can hit it from here no yeah i think it was that one oh that was not a comfortable sound you have way too many cans (laughs) I have a small uh, supermarket pyramid going in the corner there. <laughs> I have little, it's a little display for anyone who comes by. Like, hey, it's on sale, empty cans. The Unholy made $3.478 million in its opening weekend. I assume it's already made its money back off of its $4.5 million <laughs> worldwide gross. Um, the Unholy budget. Let me, let me. I, I, I'm actually kind of interested to see what I'm going to get for the unholy budget. It's just a general Google, <laughs> Google search. All right. Unholy had a budget of 
This is a finan- This is a very detailed financial inf- information sheet. Oh, it's a breakdown. And it's very difficult to find what I'm looking for. Um, metrics. Okay, sure. I don't see it, but I would guess probably no more than $5 million. Hmm. Okay. Um, got no idea. Nobody again. And it's, it's third opening week somehow. (laughs) Um, (laughs) just resets every time they just forget about it. Made three point two seven million dollars, good enough for third place. Um, it's made well twenty two million worldwide. Uh, Ryan the Last Dragon in fourth, two point two six mil. Girl Who Believes in Miracles opened in fifth with five hundred eighty nine thousand dollars in six hundred forty theaters. Um, it's it's a religious movie. She can hear uh, people. The Courier in sixth, Chaos Walking in seventh, Crude's New Age in eighth, The Marksman in ninth, Minority in tenth, rounding out the top ten, and our good friend Boogie has fallen out of the top ten, number eleven. But... I was saying, Young Woman still in theaters? What the fuck? <laughs> War of Grandpa's still in theaters. Yeah, where's War of Grandpa? Number 15, $24,000 in 288 theaters. There are nearly 300 theaters still showing the War of Grandpa. <laughs> it was an 85 per theater average. Good God. That's a, that's like what? Seven people? <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's amazing. That's two families or two or three families who went to see War with Grandpa still. In Still. April. When did this yeah, movie like come a out? Family. You <laughs> last year sometime. It's I think this would be six months in theaters for it. Good God. This week, which is nuts to think about. That this family spent fifty dollars <laughs> to see the war of grandpa when they could have spent two dollars. To rent it at Redbox. Yeah, it's gotta be. It's gotta be out on streaming or something at this point. You, you'd think. Or are they just like not gonna put it up on streaming to see? Oh, maybe we can milk a few more. I think they're morbidly curious, like we are. They're just like, how long can we keep this going for? Maybe it's like a secret tax write-off. Like there's some there's some weird money laundering shit going on with it. They just it's the it's the name of an account. Where they're just doing like drug deals in the theater and they're calling it the war with grandpa. <laughs> I went to go see the war with grandpa the other day. Oh, you know what? That makes sense. That like that's how these people are just like going to the theater to fucking hook up because there's like only two people in the theater or do a drug deal there or something. Yeah, my Built girl and I alibi. made up. Oh, I saw the war with grandpa. Here's my ticket stub officer. You can't put me at the scene of that crime. <laughs> That's you know some some girls go with their go with their boyfriends to to horror movies and they get scared and they're like oh, kiss me, but in this one they go to the war of grandpa with their boyfriends and like old man ah kiss me. 
<laughs> it really gets people in the mood. I mean, I know Robert De Niro revs my engine. <laughs> um, you may have noticed that we didn't have a uh, spotlight film, if you're returning, because uh, the film we want to take a look at is not in theaters. No, it is on Netflix. It's a Netflix-exclusive project mm-hmm. that we maligned mm-hmm. heavily. <laughs> At the outset of the trailer, and I'm not going to pretend like we're some fucking Nostradamus for telling you that Thunder Force was going to be shit. But it turns out, Thunder Force is shit. Thunder <laughs> a- Force did less well than Thunder Pants, the Rupert Grit movie where the, the kid has farted. His superpowers were farting. That movie did better than this. That movie was heartwarming. And maybe pants warming. <laughs> depending on what you ate for dinner? <laughs> this movie? Um, it's know. got a 26% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Only 31% audience score. Um, like, no one wanted to see this movie. <laughs> yeah. Not, a, not least a of all. It's got 34 on Metacritic. 40.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Bad scores. And the real critics... The real critic traits. They didn't want to see this movie either. It was the end of an era last week. I forgot to do that. That broke like a fucking 12-week stretch of referencing a Tim and Eric sketch from 10 years ago. (laughs) All good things come to an end. I felt, yeah, it's like the Undertaker's streak. (laughs) (laughs) You leave leave the real clown traits in the ring. You walk away. People uh, cried like he like keeps coming years. back. <laughs> he he can't stop. He well, if you got offered a million dollars to do one match, <laughs> do you think you'd do it? Oh, knowing who's he, who he's been, knowing who he's been in the ring with, that might be like some reconsidering. What was it? Was uh, what was it? The Super Show? Yeah, was, uh, <laughs> his last match was I think. No, he had the Boneyard match with AJ. Yeah, yeah. Year's no, year's I'm thinking year. of the one um, before yeah, that. Yeah, the, the Undertaker and Kane versus DX with a combined participant <laughs> age of 216 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> and Undertaker had to fucking babysit that match. He's like, oh, God. I wanted to wrestle, but I'll and then uh, he had do this instead. Fucking... <laughs> The angriest I ever saw him, and like when I knew he was like, "Yeah, I gotta get out of this game soon," is when he had the Saudi match with Goldberg, mm-hmm. <laughs> or he just you oh. saw in his face he was so fucking pissed off at the end of that. That's how oh, which there are a couple of Saudi uh, super shows or Saudi Kingdom uh, pay per views. What was the one where they got stuck in the country? I think that was the one. The most recent one, Crown Jewel. They just got fucking left like the plane just wasn't there for them? <laughs> well, there was allegedly a payment dispute with the Saudi government and WWE. And they were uh, maybe kind of sort of held hostage for a little bit. Just a smidge. <laughs> oh, wrestling. Yep. Yeah. 
But uh, this, uh, even though Thunder Force sounds like it could be a wrestling stable, uh, to my knowledge, it is not. It is a bad Melissa McCarthy movie. Or is it? Because we have Weirick over here with a 10 out of 10 review of, or Where Rich, I guess. Where? I don't uh, know. He's a werewolf rich Richmond. Rich man. Um, 10 out of 10, funny, but does have cursing. In general, oh, good. it's right. slapstick comedy. Personally, I saw myself and my friend as these two characters. Octavia and Melissa are good friends. And on and off screen. On screen, they start <laughs> out as young friends and then reconnect. Same thing happens for my friend and I. They have the same type of humor with Melissa, parenthetical, my friend, being the louder friend who is the one who brings all the fun to the friendship. <laughs> oh, don't be so hard on yourself, Werewitch. <laughs> Sound like the life of the party here. Octavia, me, is the level-headed one who is always trying to achieve a goal and grounds Melissa. The story does drag at times, but the slapstick comedy that is this film is great for family fun. However, I don't recommend it for younger children if you are the type of parent that forbids cursing in movies. I happen to be the type of parent that tells my children it happens, but just don't do it! Exclamation mark. Aside from that, I love this movie and would love to see them star in another movie. Exclamation mark. I think nine you, out of thirty-two found it helpful. I think you just read a review. From the physical embodiment of a can of SpaghettiOs. For, like a can of SpaghettiOs for lunch when you're sick. That's... You describe that as level-headed trying to achieve a goal. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I would. Cheers. SpaghettiOs. I mean, the, 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 it should be pretty level. The, the... I mean, it's a can, you know? Yeah. You can... <laughs> I don't know. You could you can probably tilt a bowl of SpaghettiOs pretty far before it starts to slide. <laughs> um, less far than you'd think. Oh, have you done? Have I, you done the? On accident, yes, I've spilled SpaghettiOs before. I see. I thought you had done uh, involved surface tension tests with. A... No, I've I've not done any flow simulations in SolidWorks with SpaghettiOs. <laughs> They don't publish their fucking specific gravity and other parameters needed for that. You haven't done a drop analysis on a fucking... You put a spaghetti and you measure the angle of contact? I have not run it through the viscometer, no. <laughs> you, you know who has run it through the viscometer? BJ Bajaya. <laughs> <laughs> it's thick unless he's 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 done it a little too many times in one day then it's a little thinner yeah. a little less creamy <laughs> oh but bj bajay that he they has a two they have a two out of ten review on this uh short and sweet here everything absolutely wrong plot zero setting three acting two conflict four action five Direction zero. Story negative one thousand. Overall verdict: Get into the dumpster because that's where the garbage belongs. <laughs> Twelve out of nineteen. 
I'm a little confused about how plot can be zero, but story can be negative 100. <laughs> I don't really know that they need to be separate categories. I don't know what scale this is on. The action got up to a five. I thought he was going to keep going where it got a little bit better each time, but then he swerved me by taking it back down to zero and then negative 100 for an aforementioned cut. Already scored category. I just I don't know why. I don't know why, but I like that he rated conflict as its own like movie <laughs> movie metric. Conflict four. <laughs> that's that's a, that's only a slightly below average conflict. I want this man to go around with like a wedding registry gun and just point at stuff and be like <laughs> mayonnaise three, beer bottle five, plastic cups two. Just rate rate my life, BJ Bajaya. Rate my life. Uh, only only a man named BJ Bajaya could give a review so precious. Oh, uh, and then uh, in the middle here, we've got um, we've got De Salzburg with their five De out of ten. Ow. Melissa, we're glad you're happily married, but hubby is a terrible writer slash director. I groan anytime I see Ben Falcone doing any more anything more than a cameo on film. This was so unfunny, so miscast, such a waste of time. Wasn't it just months ago that Melissa and Bobby Cavanaugh were in super intelligence together? I hear that Melissa and Olivia Spencer are lifelong friends. Sorry, that does not that does not into a credible friendship on screen. And Olivia is just, is capital just, capital not, capital funny. There was one good scene with M's grandmother, but that, but that's about the only time during the film when I truly laughed. Truly awful. Four out of five found it helpful. Isn't her name Octavia Spencer? Probably. <laughs> but they did, a, they did not into a credible friendship. I mean, I guess so, because... I mean, Octavia Spencer's in the movie, Olivia but Spencer. Olivia Spencer is her lifelong friend, so I can see where that then jive. Oh, uh, all right, but don't don't listen to that guy, Graham Builder here. He's got the perspective with his ten of ten review, better than COVID. <laughs> it beats right. being near other humans or listening to the stupid news complain about COVID. Five out of twenty-five found it helpful. I'll fucking take it. Hey man, if that's your bar, yeah, Thunder Force would have knocked that shit out of the park. Um, and diametric opposition, uh, stealthy agent here has a two out of ten titled "Likely intended for engineers who work with spandex." <laughs> okay, oh, it gets better. Okay, this is this is like right off of fat people hate. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thunder Force is a superhero movie, but not like your typical superhero movie. The twist is the superheroes are morbidly obese and their superpower is not dying from a massive coronary attack. At times, I wonder if their chins were distinct portions of their bodies or literally attached to their chest through neck fat. Oh my god. <laughs> None of this is crucial to the story, though. The most important thing then about Thunder Force is that it has no action to speak of. It offers no humor. 
I think it might be helpful for proponents of the body positivity movement or engineers who want to produce stronger forms of spandex. However, it doesn't have much to offer the typical viewer. Unfortunately, I can't recommend this movie in good conscience. Two stars. So that is a rare instance where the star rating in the body of the text matches up to the star rating at the top of the review. So good on you, stealthy agent. Uh, covert agent from our fat people hate <laughs> sneaking in on slash r slash hold my fries. Oh, uh, I always remember that one hold my fries you showed me where it's like the really fat guy in his fucking like butterfly door Bugatti whatever and he can't get out. <laughs> Was that me? I don't remember that shit. You'll have to send that back to me. He's, he's at, like, a gas station trying to fill out, and he opens the butterfly door, and he can't, like, quite situate himself to get out of the car. Oh, no. Oh, man. Because it's so low to the ground. Oh, well, on the smaller side of things, Jeff's Planet X, uh, with his 4 out of 10 review, lighten up critics. <laughs> amazing just right there it's just its own is little that, it's a, do we do we count that as a don't listen to the haters i would i would count that take a drink everybody i would all almost right. all i would almost also take it as a uh rating in the review is not the same as the rating he gave it because i don't know who gives it a four out of ten it's like lighten up everybody <laughs> uh okay so it's not a great film but it's hardly the worst it's just a film to watch so you can shut up and forget the world for a bit I mean, Jason Bateman crab walking out of his scenes was amazing. I would watch it again. Well, no, would I watch it again? No. Was it a bit of mindless fun? Yes. Just shut your brains off and have a giggle. Not every film has to be dark, gritty, and thought-provoking. Zero out of two found that helpful. I agree with some of his points, but uh, I don't know that Thunder Force is the hill you want to die on, champ. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with BJ Bajaya on this. Yeah. Or fucking <laughs> stealth agent, was it? Yeah. If their chins were distinct parts of their bodies, you're just connected directly to their chest from neck fat. Oh All right. my gosh. Yep. Gaming news. Apple claims that Epic Game Store won't be profitable until 2027. Uh, Epic Games lost around $181 million in 2019 through investments in the Epic Game Store, which has gotten better, but still a long way away from being great. Mm-hmm. Um, so in their de- deposition here, they citing, they're citing that uh, because of these losses, the only way that Epic is making money has been through um, increase, incredibly profitable uh, Fortnite stuff, and this is all part of uh, Epic's quest to get a uh, larger stake in iOS app sales of Fortnite. Mm-hmm. So I guess the the legal ground, or I guess the challenge that Apple is making is that this is not motivated by antitrust. This is motivated by them trying to uh, squeeze more money because they are 
dumping a bunch of money into the Epic Game Store, and they just they want to squeeze as much as they can from their profitable uh, business enterprises. I don't really know how that refutes any antitrust claims, but I'm also not on Apple's defense team or a lawyer, so mm-hmm. <laughs> especially yeah. not a European lawyer. I th- I I wonder if this will fall under the uh, well. I mean. Yeah, but fuck it, we'll take it. You know, kind of defense where it's like, yeah, I know you're trying to be malicious, but it's also it is antitrust. So I don't know. It's it's again, it's two big companies. We've said this before. It's like no one's the good guy in this. It's just yeah, one just wants money. I think an epic win in this lawsuit uh, could lead to um some positive developments. In the uh, the mobile spirit breaking down the wall gardens of some of these, you know, console ecosystems. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't. I can't see the future. Uh, if Apple wins, nothing changes. If Epic wins, then perhaps some things could improve in the future. So mm-hmm. I have. Uh, I also just don't like Apple. So I'd like to see it get stuck to them. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, Apple, just making the most surface, the most uh, surface decisions. Just please that, please that fan base. Um. So, contrary to rumors that have been floating around about the Nintendo Switch Online perhaps adding N sixty four or even GameCube and Wii games in the next few months to their. Uh, I guess, game streaming service that already includes NES and SNES games. It's part of your mm-hmm. Nintendo Switch online membership. We're going to be getting nothing? Is... What? We're going to be getting nothing? Uh, status quo, yeah. According to industry insider Nate Drake, who sounds like an Uncharted character, because Nathan Drake is an Uncharted character. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. They got Bowser and Nathan Drake on their team? Damn, Nintendo well, he's, used a, he's just an insider. I don't think he actually works for Nintendo. But he claims that he hasn't heard a shred of info about a revamp of Nintendo Switch Online. Of course, it doesn't mean it's not happening necessarily, but you would think that sort of thing would be discussed if it was happening anytime in the near future. Yeah. Um, I don't know when it was. I, I remember hearing something that kind of struck with me was that um, recently like the Nintendo's like board changed. And the the CEOs and the leaders of the company changed from people who were game gamers and or game makers and game engineers and you know technical side people to business side people, and that's that's one of the possible uh, reasonings for why uh, Nintendo now feels more than ever like a business, like a just a game company, you know, like a console yeah. maker, rather than like. I don't know, there's always this feeling before, at least in my mind, that Nintendo was trying to, like, we're not like other girls. You know, they were really yeah. trying to, like, step away from the pack, which was why they decided to make the Wii. Which, <laughs> yeah. like, say what you will, but that was a very non... Compared to, like, the Switch now, that was a very non-standard design. And now it's back to two sets of thumbsticks, D-pad, four face buttons, and triggers. You know? And this is just talking about the design of the console. You know, this yeah, is to say nothing about their policy. Rebels ever since the SNES era, 
where mm-hmm. um, they they were a little more conventional. Uh, they've always been design rebels. They they went with cartridges on the N64, which was not a great idea because it really held that system back. The N64, believe it or not, was the most powerful system of the fifth generation. If you look at an N64 game like uh, Banjo-Kazooie and look at a PlayStation game like MGS1, you might say, that doesn't seem quite right. But I assure you, the hardware in the N64 was more powerful, but the 32 megabytes of storage space on a N64 cartridge was much less than the 700 megabytes offered by a single layer of a CD, yeah. like what was used on PlayStation. How, so there was less how... room for texture uh, mm-hmm. maps and shit like that. I wonder how it would have changed if they had followed through with the N64 disk drive. So the thing with the N64 DD is it didn't actually use CDs. It used these magnetic disks. They were kind of like floppies. And each of those could only hold 64 megabytes. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think the DD would have had any impact. Like, were they going to start? They're going to like the next thing was the Nintendo tape deck. They're just like, <laughs> oh, no, it's not a Commodore. No, no, no. Our, our magnetic tape plays <laughs> Nintendo games. <laughs> don't put it in your Walkman. And they then the next generation came around. They're like, all right, guys, we heard what you said. and We're moving to discs. Oh, you're going to use DVDs like Sony and Microsoft? No, fuck no. We're going to use these mini DVs. <laughs> they got a quarter of the space on them. A present, like Shigeru Miyamoto, he found one in his fucking cereal for Chex Quest, and he's like, this is it. This is the wave of the future. Why is it a future? Wave of the future. And then, like, um. I mean, and just look at the fucking uh, GameCube controller, which was just... I mean, it's, it was an improvement over the N64 controller, mm-hmm. which had the convenient fucking seppuku uh, yeah. prong for when you fucked up that level in Paper Mario for the 18th time. I just, yeah. Like, the N64 is like, it was, it was designed by the Covenant, I feel like. <laughs> It wasn't designed. It was not designed for human hands, no. It just kind of slithers into your fingers and you're like, I have a GameCube controller now. Yeah, and they, like you were saying, they innovated on that with the GameCube controller where they just put buttons wherever they felt like putting buttons. <laughs> I I haven't played it. It had all the face buttons you would need to play, mm-hmm. you know, cross platform games. Didn't have necessarily enough triggers <laughs> it was um, yeah it was designed to play super mario sunshine they're like i guess we could put other games on here too let's put froth <laughs> on there let's put it was designed for super mario sunshine a game that came out like a year and a half into its life cycle <laughs> oh man there's a reason the gamecube sold like no units and had no games remember the capcom 5 where they're gonna make five uh, exclusive games for the GameCube and Capcom, and then they just fucked off, and they're like, "Nah, we're gonna not, we're just gonna not make half of them." And Resident Evil Four, yeah, we're gonna make that super unexclusive. <laughs> so I can't even imagine trying to play RE Four on a GameCube controller. I only ever played it on on I played the 
PlayStation version first, and then I played the Wii version. I actually didn't mind the Wii version. The pointer to shoot was actually pretty... It worked surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Given how poorly motion controls in most Wii games worked. That's fair. Um, what were we talking about? We were talking about Nintendo Switch Online. Oh, yeah. Them not doing anything to improve it kind of is reflexive of Nintendo's mm-hmm. changing vision. Yeah, so at this, yeah, I guess at this point, like having dealt with Wizards for long enough, I can find, I, I get the feel for Nintendo how it's going to be where it's like, if you're expecting that they're going to do something, don't. <laughs> they're just going to, they're at the point where, where they don't have to like announce anything. They don't, like, they don't got to keep you going on a train of hype. The Nintendo Direct as a concept, sure. It's nice to get a big pipeline and just dump stuff on you, but, um, they have they have no need to do that at a regular clip. They can just wait. They'll just wait you out. Yeah, and they they were proving themselves right because Nintendo fans are the worst about just buying shit. Um, mm. that they don't even need to make new games. They'll just release minimal effort ports of older games. Like, look at the Switch's library. Look at how much of it four years into the console is just older games. And I'm not talking about like games that came out earlier in the Switch's life cycle. Like, yeah, there's going to be games from 2016 because the Switch was out then. I'm talking games from like 2013, 2015 being ported to the Switch and like, oh, this is a new game. Didn't you guys want The Witcher 3 in 2019? Oh, what's that? You already had it on other platforms and dumped 120 hours into it? Well, here's a worse running version of it. You can play on the potty. $60, please. Yeah, that's right. We're going to charge you full price. (laughs) Yeah. Mario All-Star, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Here, want these games that we just very lazily ported onto the Switch that are decades old? $60, $60, please, for three <laughs> games. Yeah. That are at most recent, two generations old. And now they're not even available. Well, I mean, or the, Mario the physical ones. copies are out yeah. there. The truth is out there, x Files. is out there. Um, so, <clears throat> Homefront, The Revolution, a sequel to the 2009... Um, game Homefront mm-hmm. has an Easter egg in it that was known about for a while but is now finally accessible. So there's a fully functional native 4K port of Time Splitters 2 hidden within the code of Homefront the Revolution. And it is now accessible to play thanks to the detective work of some enterprising young uh, hacker-type men. Hacker man. And in related news, I have purchased a copy of Homefront the Revolution. <laughs> or I should say, I purchased a copy of Time Splitters 2, and it came with this Homefront the Revolution game <laughs> that I may or may not check out. Oh um, well, that's really cool. I love Time... Time Splitters 2 was like... It's just one of those 
it's like the golden eye for the kids who are just a little too young to have actually really played a lot of golden eye on the N64. Mm-hmm. Because the real draw of Time Splitters 2 wasn't the story. You know, those were kind of a little janky missions. We played a, like the first level of Time Splitters 2, I think. Yeah. Um, and it was the multiplayer where you could, like, there was so much customizability. You could, like, have like everyone look like a monkey and all sorts of stupid shit like that that was just good for hours and hours and hours and hours i remember going to my friend anthony's house and uh with our mutual friends john and jordan and fucking playing (coughs) time splitters 2 multiplayer ad infinitum like we would go like six hours straight playing that shit (laughs) a lot of good memories in that game and uh i'm excited to to see it in 4k seeing it in like just 480p um my xbox through an hdmi cable on my tv was like oh wow this looks sharp so i can't imagine uh rendering it out in native 4k how good that's gonna look it's gonna be it's hype and it's just fucking locked in there <laughs> it's just in there two games for one was it like an it's easter- only 20 dollars was it an easter egg or like did they just take they're like okay here's our 4k time splitters and we'll use this as a base to make Homefront on. I don't know, but the whole game's in there, and they haven't released it separately as a standalone game, so I don't know what you want to call that. Wasted. <laughs> a waste is what it is. But we'll take um, it. Speaking of corporate uh, debauchery, like we were talking about Nintendo kind of being more business-focused, um, Sony, a lot of leadership shakeup in the PlayStation division. A lot of decisions coming out now. People aren't very happy about Bloomberg. Put out an article by Jason uh, Schreier mm. uh, detailing a lot of turbulence and power struggle, struggles behind the scenes of Sony's PlayStation division. Um, and some news came out of that that a rework of the uh, remake of the last of us is in the works at naughty dog and a new uncharted game has been put on ice for that to work be worked on um the days gone sequel that was rumored for mm-hmm. ps5 is been canceled um and it, all a lot of news and power, like I said, there's been power struggles. There's a lot of people who have resigned from senior positions in PlayStation in recent weeks. And uh, now there's growing pressure from people uh, trying to get Jim Ryan, who's the head of PlayStation, to step down. And for Days Gone 2 to be made. And it's uh, it's it's not a happy state of affairs at PlayStation. They're really kind of squandering away. Um, the goodwill they built up last generation and their their strategy seems to have shifted to we just want to chase you know big releases we're not interested in developing anything more experimental we're just gonna That's... rest on our, our franchise laurels and you know oh. ride the names into to the dust That's which is kind of what Microsoft did with Gears of War and Halo mm-hmm 
where those series, you know, it's hard to get excited about new games in them because, you know, the original, they've been going on so long that the original developers have left. Like, Bungie doesn't make Halo anymore. Yeah. 343 was in a studio Microsoft invented and staffed solely to develop Halo games. And yeah. Epic has gone on to do other stuff besides Gears of War. You know, that story wrapped up all nice and neat with the third game. But then they kept hammering. We're up to Gears 5 now, and there's been, like, spinoffs and shit. It's just difficult to get excited. Mm-hmm. And that's going to happen to things like Uncharted and even God of War if you make too many of them. Fortunately, it doesn't seem like they're really... I don't think uh, Santa Mo- Sony Santa Monica Studios or whatever it is um, who develops God of War would stand to that i don't think they're like no we're gonna make the game we're gonna make or we're not gonna make it at all i feel like yeah i feel like it's just like they're getting diminishing returns on these you have to because to make a a game that's x much more hype you need like x squared more resources yeah and the rate of usage is it's again like i said diminishing returns and it's it's the we talked about this before the bloat of the studio as it gets bigger um and they try and chase these bigger titles you get internal uh friction uh, when i say friction i mean like in the in the raw engineering sense of like the more gears and shit you have the more energy you lose through contact points and shit and there's all this internal shit and you gotta you spend a lot of energy to keep it going and that's just energy that goes nowhere you know and Mike's DeClasa said it best. Why make one $60 million movie when you can make $61 million movies? Right? <laughs> Same thing with games. You know, I see... I I'm, I'm, I just had this thought in the last, like, 10 seconds. <laughs> so you know it's well thought out. But you know how, like, game jams... They, there's a lot of game jams around, and they can... Uh, they really, like, spark ideas, because they'll just, like it's like two or three teams like two or three people and they're like here make this whole fucking little game in a day and you just it's a big ass competition now competing with yourself is never a great strategy so uh, uh, there's (laughs) there's a chance that you would if you try to do like i'm thinking of like an internal in-studio game jam where you take where you break (laughs) up your big team into a lot of little teams and you have them work against each other to like for maybe a bit for a spot on whatever main title thing that they're doing you know the issue with that i'm not saying that's like a bad idea i think that should be like you know like i you can't really 5s a game development studio too much but i think that Mm -hmm. could be like a a pseudo kaizen event for them to kind of like spark ideas on how to break up exactly their, uh, and their it recreates but was... in 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 so arranging something like that like i agree with you that that's something that game studios should definitely consider doing but the practicality of doing something like that is hampered by the fact if we bring everyone in to do this game jam who's working on this game that's going to keep this studio afloat for another year. And that's just an issue with how game development has spiraled into this, you know, extreme. Like, the double-A game doesn't exist anymore. 
mm-hmm. you have your indie game, which depending upon the notoriety of the in- and success of the indie studio, you could get something like Supergiant that can put a little more polish into a game like Hades than you would see from a general indie game. And then you have the big budget AAA games, which, you know, those are what keep studios afloat. And there's a ones that you have a hundred people working on and having the crunch 10,000 hours in, in two weeks yeah. to, to finish on time. And so I don't think they really have, it's just the cycle where if you're triple a game developer, you're constantly in the cycle of developing the next game mm-hmm. to keep you afloat. Cause you have to make your release target, especially if you're subcontracted to like Microsoft or Sony yeah, and um, they can just end your studio. If they and don't. they can be like, we need a game on this date. Make it happen. And they're like, oh shit, we gotta fucking do that. We need, we need like five games for our Connect Rareware. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Um. So while I feel like a lot of that could bring some out cool ideas, I think the the experimental, and this is why Sony like not wanting to fund a days gone Two is so bad like in the ps3 and ps more so the ps3 era if you look at sony's exclusives which is why they ultimately won that generation on the strength of their exclusives it's a varied assortment of stuff like you had heavy rain which was a very experimental title for the time you had a heavenly sword which is like let's look at all this cool shit the six axis controller can do mm-hmm. and you had things like infamous so it's like sucker punch you know them from sly cooper here's their take on an action rpg have fun and it was a lot of fun and you had of course the uncharted series which is a third person shooter which was different from a lot of these other games and that variety and their willingness to experiment with concepts like Heavy Rain and Little Big Planet really gave the console a lot of character and a lot of depth. And um, by moving away from funding smaller, more experimental games and being like, okay, we're just gonna we're gonna do the Nintendo strategy a little bit too, where we're just gonna re-release an old game and we'll call it remastered on our new platform. Um, they're doing that and they're milking franchises like Microsoft which has not really worked out swell for either company um, in terms of like public perception I'm sure financially Microsoft might not be feeling so much success from that but Nintendo's making money hand over fist because as we discussed before Nintendo fans will buy literally anything because they think it's still the the last couple generations when Nintendo's still being like, I'm not like other girls. Like yeah. now you are. But they didn't know they don't know that yet. Here's an amiibo that has functionality in two games. Thirty dollars, please. <laughs> but it, lo- it looks like a thingy, so put it on your shelf and never open it. <laughs> yeah, don't even use it for the uh... I mean there are people who have that kind of collection. They where they collect them like fucking Funko Pops. And people, there's people who collect Funko Pops. I don't, ha- I don't collect Funko Pops, but I have a few. Hmm. Um, they've just been, well, they've all been gifts, either from well, the Undertaker and Jake the Snake. I got from Jake 
for Christmas mm-hmm. one year. Um, Batman Beyond came in the collector's edition Blu-ray, mm-hmm. which of course I bought the day they announced. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the Grogu little Funko Pop was the gift from Diane. But you do so. not have, like I've seen some people, I've seen some of my friends uh, who have drawers full, like industrial container spaces filled with in-box Funko Pops in large cubes because yeah. that's their collection. I don't... I mean, hey, I'm not judging it. Like, if you want... Everyone needs a hobby, right? And if your hobby is collecting Funko Pops, if, if it makes you happy, then do it. I'm not trying to say don't collect Funko Pops. I don't personally get it. As yep. I said, I, I've I've received a few as gifts. I don't know what to do with them. I've never seen a Funko Pop out of its box, so I've never taken mine out of their boxes because I assume that's just, if you do that, the FBI will break down your door and arrest you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they dissolve hey, into you know, carcinogenic gas. It. It's, it's like that. It's like um, in the 40-year-old virgin, like I, I feel kind of s- silly. Uh, for saying this out loud, it sounds even dumber than what it actually is. But like, I get a little sad in the scene where he's like selling off all his mint inbox action figures, and then he has his. I like. I I'm like. I'm right there with you, Steve Carell's character, whose name escapes me right now. When he mm-hmm. like yells at her and he's like, "I kept this in the box for 30 years. Do you know how hard it is as an eight year old kid not to open a new <laughs> toy?" Yeah. I was like, yeah. Why would you pressure him into selling these things that clearly mean a lot to him? <laughs> Why you do that? And Nintendo's banking on it to steal your money. <laughs> yeah. Um, PlayStation is reportedly working on a counterpunch to Xbox Game Pass, claims the God of War creator David Jeff. Um, mm-hmm. They've seen the success of Xbox Game Pass. And uh, they want in on it. They have a competing service called PS Now, which is available on mobile devices and PC as well as PlayStations. It is a lot more limited than Xbox Game Pass. It is, I believe, all cloud-based gaming. Um, games don't show up on day one nearly as often as they do on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I believe the resolution is limited to 720p. And like I said, it's cloud gaming, so there, there's that added latency. It's not like Xbox Game Pass where you physically install the game on your machine and run it. Although I will say, a brief review of Xbox Game Pass PC. Uh, Microsoft, get your fucking shit together. Oh, oh. I have a less than 50% percent success rate of games installing and launching properly on xbox game pass for pc <laughs> not even, less than 50 percent. not even playing badly just just misfiring final fantasy 8 remastered doesn't launch fallout 4 didn't launch got it to launch but it was like even though I set the screen mm-hmm. resolution to 4K, 
it would just be like a little 720p window in the corner of the screen <laughs> and black the rest of the screen. <laughs> I have no idea why, but I can't access a configuration file because the they they encrypt the folder that they install the game in, so you can't like put can't a crack in there it, yeah. or something, or you can't copy it, whatever. So I can't go in and fix an INI file. <laughs> to get it to run properly because you restrict access to the goddamn folder like some of these games like are e there's known issues with the pc version but it's a very easy fix but you can't do it on your end because microsoft won't give you access to it so microsoft maybe just test on a wider variety of systems if these games work i love like it works game pass on the xbox one or Series X and S, perfect. Never had an issue with the games. They all run cool. It's awesome to be able to like just have essentially a Netflix of games where it's like, yes, I want to play this today. Um, and I love it when it works on the PC, but it doesn't work as often as I would like it to on the PC. And sometimes games won't even like install what I want them to. You hate to see it. You don't want to see that happen. So uh, please fix that if you're going to continue to grow the service. I'd like them to work at least half the time. Like let's let's get it up to fifty percent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Wow. That's that's not great. Uh, um, lastly, Outriders launched last weekend. It's a game I've had my eye on for us to play because it is a co-op. Uh, with like designed around three person squads. Ooh. Um, third person shooter. Okay. Looter shooter similar to like a Borderlands or a Destiny. Uh, and currently it is uh, having some trouble. There were bad server issues at launch. People are losing items because of certain crashes. Um, some players have said that they lost all their gear after 80 plus hours of play um and in response to this the developers are being pretty pretty good bros people can fly are the ones who developed this i believe they made the saboteur um mm -hmm. way back in the day uh but they've promised a restoration event to return all lost gear to players uh so that's good well they get that fixed out uh we'll wait to play it until they get a lot of their issues hammered out. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I think that's all I had for gaming news. So let's talk about Bad Trip. Uh, Bad Trip, which, true to the title, did have a drug trip in it. Yeah, you're right in the middle, in a in a kind of scene that it just sort of happened. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, this movie. I, it didn't stick with me. It didn't, um, didn't get me, didn't grab me, did not grab me by the balls and hang me from a New York, uh, two-story building, three-story building in front of a yeah. food truck. <laughs> that was what the movie did. It, I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's like I said earlier, it's at its base level it's eric andre pranks which i find 
funny and entertaining and can watch 86 minutes worth of no problem but it's it's a movie that's less than the sum of its parts because mm-hmm. it kind of like Godzilla versus Kong like the stuff you came to see is good but everything else really doesn't add anything to it and it just kind of sours the experience yeah like there was a point where I paused the movie my girlfriend and I were watching and I paused the movie because I needed to go grab a package that was just delivered outside and we saw there was 26 minutes left and by like the plot structure you know they had their falling out and now they've had their reconciliation and they're going to finish out the plot of the movie it's like how the fuck is there 26 more minutes of this it was there is. it was not a long movie but it, it's it felt a little too long for for how weak the connective story was um you just you just kind of like <coughs> mm-hmm. like i said i can watch you know 86 minutes worth of eric andre pranks on youtube but after an hour chances are good i'm going to want to watch something else and i, I just got antsy because there wasn't enough yeah. to keep you hooked exactly yeah so uh we should say I mean, no spoilers. I'll just say the plot right now. So, Eric Andre's character and his other buddy's character uh, drive a silly car up the East Coast to go see his high school crush, while Tiffany Haddish's character breaks out of prison and chases them there for their big confrontation at the end with uh, public uh, candid, candid camera mayhem uh, ensuing all along the way. Um, now the thing that, one of the things that first struck me about this, uh, if you compare it to other public mayhem movies, is that the conjoining segments were pretty jokeless. There's the running thing about white girls, but that was, so they had, that was just so they had something, a through line to finish the movie on. There was no... Like, when I think about this, I compare this not only to, like, Borat, which did have, like, they just had jokes. He was just being a comedian in it. But something like Airplane or Top Secret, where they just, you cram jokes in every second. And it's a it's a kind of thing that also came to me, you see it in older SNL sketches, where there's the main joke of the sketch, but it, there's little jokes kind of seated in, in between there little comments, little jabs, um, because they're going for density of comedy, which is a great way to do it, and they didn't do it here. Like, one one scene that kind of stuck out to me is when he's, like, talking about... Um, he, he's Eric Andre's talking to his buddy about how Tiffany Haddish's character is in jail. He's like, he's in jail. J-A-I-L, jail. And I really wanted him to be like, jail. J-A-L-E, jail. <laughs> Right, and just do like just yeah. little stupid jokes like that that tell us about the the characters as thin as they are, give us something to go off on them while they get yeah. into their hijinks. Um, and the other thing is the intensity of the sketches. They need you need to bump it, like, and in certain um, portions, yes. Mm-hmm. 
I think in other portions. I mean, I don't know if intensity is the right word, but absurdity. They, they yeah, uh, they didn't really. They were at some points pretty tame. Uh, at least from a visual standpoint. Like I think about the gorilla one, where like that mm-hmm. one was kind of like I don't know how they they. I feel like they had to try that a lot to get a group of people that reacted to it because yeah. the suit was so cheap looking. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's a dude in a gorilla suit. Uh oh, yeah. Um, there was there was one that worked for me early on. Um, which was because like it showed it kind of showed the line very well was that was the uh, the musical scene where he's like a dude from yes. a musical. I love that. In the beginning, it's kind of cringe because like th- this it highlights the difference. Like when you don't go absurd enough, people are just like it's just a crazy man, and we've all seen crazy man. It's not a comfortable experience to be in the presence yeah. of someone who's just being obnoxious in public. But then he starts, like, he's walking in with a bloody hand, and then he gets up on the cake, and all the other smoothie guys come out, and they do a whole fucking number. And that's when it kicks in. And you're like, you see the people, they're just like, their minds are starting to crack. They're just like bewildered. Which I had had an issue with that. We are not so far removed from the days of the flash mob where people would be, like, unable to process something like this happening around them. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think think the way, I do like the way he led into it, where it starts with that and then it escalates to flash mob. So kind of catches off guard like that. Um, Oh, like I, I think about original Eric Andre sketches, like on the show when he goes out and he's, those are just off the bat. Like, I like those cause they are just out there. Like man on the man on the subway dressed in polka dots, pouring milk into a fucking safety (laughs) cone on his head. That's just immediate. Like, Oh God. (laughs) This is this is so far beyond what I was ready for today. I feel so bad for the people on the subways because you, if you've ever rode the subway in New York City, like for more, like more than twice, you're gonna mm-hmm. run into a situation where you have someone who makes a scene on your train car, and you just you want that to end as soon as possible. You right. don't want anything to do with that. So I feel bad that it keeps going. Yeah, these people are just trying to get home. <laughs> the, and then there's the ones like, like fucking bird up, bird up is a great one. Um, yeah. I like the one the, the where ranch. Yeah, yep, uh, ranch it up. And then and then there even the, the little ones, ones where they like go way over the line, yeah. like team go. Oh yeah, how many babies can we hold? <laughs> he just takes someone's kid. <laughs> so bad i and again even like the little ones like the um the cyclops photo shoot where she's he's taking pictures yeah. of the girl and he's like pay oh, the toll pay the toll and it's just this shot of insanity that just goes far outside the mortal comprehension then comes right back and that's yeah, I, I it needed a splash of that in this to keep things a little grounded cuz they didn't have the ability to set up as well as they could, like, in their home base of operations. Mm-hmm. And they tried to fit it, like, thematically within the story. Um, I liked, like, individually, I liked a fair number of the the things they did. They were funny, but they weren't, like, top-level Eric Andre stuff. 
and it was a lot of it. So I kind of got a little bored. But let me tell you about the best part of this movie. It's the credits. The credits are the best yep. part of this movie uh, because it's all the, like, after and, like, alternate takes of mm-hmm. some of the pranks. And, like, they show them, like, talking to the people afterwards, and they're, like, laughing and riffing and having a good time. And it's it's the most genuine the movie is at any point in its runtime. Yes, I And I think talk- that's why it's so... Mm-hmm. It stands out as as such a, a good time. Yes, we have to. I I thank you for reminding me. I would have forgotten to talk about it otherwise. The Godfrey Ho level of editing in this, where yeah. it's so very clearly they filmed the scenes, uh, the close ups with their nice camera rigs and their big bulky things that they couldn't hide in a fucking box where they need to show the scene and show the characters. And then they filmed that same scene again in the public, like with the hidden cameras on candid cam. Um, and they refilmed all those actions so you could get the public reaction. Cause it was very easy to tell when the smooth dollies and pans of the camera were going yeah. right on these in the nice, well-composed shots of their faces versus the, the shaky uh, camera of them trying to get a, like a sneak in on the action as they're doing it in front of a crowd of people. Yeah. Um, which, I, I don't, like I said, I don't watch a lot of these public mayhem movies. I don't know if that's just the nature of the beast with a lot of these. Um, or that's just stylistically how they, they wanted to approach it. But it was it was kind of jarring. And you can just even tell and like... It's, it's so jarring to go from like the gulf in camera quality um of them and it didn't help that they didn't do as much color work on the hidden camera stuff as they did on the stuff they shot with their nice camera so it's the the look was completely different between the two yeah uh i think two of my favorite scenes in the movie were i liked the the fighting when they crashed the car because because the one dude that dude with the peace sign medallion. Yes. Who was the hero of the streets. That was fucking amazing. I what a guy. guy. Like, we want we want one of him in all our lives. Yeah, you need a man like that. You know, like, peace medallion. And, like, he, <laughs> he was so great. He's like, no, don't go near that gas. It might blow up. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't... Yeah. Uh, out of my hands. <laughs> yep. It was So it was that scene for me and the scene in the chicken shop. Whatever when they're when they when they like kind of back and forth between Eric's group and Tiffany Haddish's oh, character, diner? yeah, yeah, and they're in the diner. I love the diner scene because it just like, felt that, so real. It that felt... little lady. Yes. <laughs> oh, dead. no! Don't give me this. I have been to many a New Jersey diner, and I have seen that lady before. <laughs> like yep. not that specific lady, probably, but there is one of one of her ilk in every. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I liked it because it, it felt kind of like it, it felt kind of like off Broadway, like experimental theater, you know, that. Yeah. Where you're just it like was, it was it was more like an Eric Andre sketch, I feel, because you had Tiffany Haddish's character show up first and show them these guys mm-hmm. and, you know, say her piece and then have them show up. So immediately this is like a social experiment, like, 
will these people like lead these guys to their death? And like you can see, like they found. Uh, this might sound a little bit racist, but Jake's gone, so I guess I have to pick up that role. <laughs> they found the most like expressive black people they possibly could have. They were yeah. all very reactive. Yes, um, I will say it was quite they. It was quite the commotion at the diner, and it felt because if it definitely gave that feeling of like if I was there, that's the feeling of like oh shit just got really real, didn't it? Like yeah, oh this is a, things are but, about to pop off. The contrast between them and, like, the old white guy who gets the same breakfast here or lunch, whatever, mm -hmm. every day for the last 35 years, just, like, nonchalantly eating his fucking <laughs> I don't know meal as all this is going on and, like, just offering slight commentary at some points. It's like, you've seen these? Tiffany Haddish is getting all in his face real anime. He's like, yeah. Um, uh, she came in here. She was light, lighter than you, African American. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's funny because like the other thing about this is I know I would be that guy. I I'm not gonna be boisterous. I know this because last Wednesday, our me and a couple of my friends when we were walking home from the pizza shop had a run in with uh some variety of scum fuck who's he like the kind of guy with the shaved head who calls at you from across the street and walks across the street to come see you. Hey, church! Hey, church! Come here! You got any money? Like, it was that level. And we were like, I don't, no, no, thank you. I'm going home now. And I learned later from a friend who was in that group. was like, he told me, he's like, yeah, that guy stole all my grandma's silverware. Like this. Stole oh, the family silverware. When he invited, when he invited him in. That's a whole, it's like a whole story. I will tell you that after, but like, in that kind of situation, I'm definitely the kind of guy who's going to be like, mm, I'm going to be meek and shy and walk away from this situation. I'm going full bystander. He was, like, meek or shy. He was just so, like, unfazed by it all. <laughs> like, he was there to eat his food, and everything else going on was just set dressing. Yeah. Didn't really matter to him. And you, and you could see the difference, too, I think, as you went up from the south, as you went northward... Th yes. things got progressively more intense maybe that's just because of how they directed the story but I like to think it's because northern cities are a little more on edge yeah they also see a lot more crazy shit so like I think you had to up the intensity because if you had done like the one where they did it in Kentucky with the guy like outside the plaza with the food line where he and Tiffany Haddish got in the heated argument he got so mad yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would have worked in a northeastern city. Like they would have just no. blown her off, or told her to fuck off and kept going. It's like, like the first guy that engaged. Eric Andre sees when he gets to New York City, where he's like, "I don't know, I don't know who your friend is." Yeah. She's like the most beautiful girl in New York City. It's like I don't really know what you're talking about, dude. Because it, when you're in New York, there's so many crazies in New York. That you you just you get used to that shit. You see it. You get desensitized to it. It washes over you. Even if you don't like, if you're not a New York native, if you've just you've been there enough times, like me, where I like go to New York on business and shit all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just like I'm yeah. I here's, do like another homeless guy, mm -hmm. 
and you know the routine. Like I was talking about on the subway, there's always a guy who's like, "Hi, I'd like to say my name is this that." Want you all know I'm recently homeless. I'm not gonna shake you down or anything, but uh, if you could <laughs> give, give me, me money anything, though, that would be greatly appreciated. I'd like to get back on my feet. Like every fifth subway mm-hmm. ride you have has one of those guys in there, and like I I know their speech by fucking heart by now. I can like mouth it as they're doing. <laughs> Yeah, it's they're just literally grifting on the I can project an aura of awkwardness into this train car and y'all have to sit in it and take AOE psychic damage, DOT psychic <laughs> damage until you give me money. Um, yeah, like I do. It's it's funny. The the art gallery scene. He did it again. Like, this is not the first time he set up a fake art gallery to just walk yeah. in and trash it. And I don't but know it's if not, that's like it's a thing of fun. his. <laughs> It wasn't as fun as that. Like, and I even said, "This art hurt me." <laughs> the first time he went through one, because that's like an all-time classic Eric Andre sketch. This one uh, fell a little flat of that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I think, and and the other thing is like, again with the line between uh, with how intense you go. There's. To, to a person who's not, like, in this... I've, I've showed this to some people who don't who don't watch, like, surreal or out-there comedy. And they when they saw Eric Andre, they're like, this is childish. So, <laughs> like, that's the line. It's like, if you're not really... It's either you're draw, you have to ride the line between um, it being, like, churlish fart humor, like, throw-up humor, and, yeah. like... Um, non sequitur dadaist just fucking postmodern japes yeah there is a lot of uh there is that line there and i, I don't think, think this fell on the right side yeah it it was a little it wasn't as sophomoric though as i feel like you could miss in Interpret. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to say misinterpret. Like if you if you're just not in, you could get it, but just not be into that sort of stuff and view it as software because it is a lot of like, oh look, he he's throwing up randomly. Isn't that nuts? I really wanted the other guy to start also throwing up. And they <laughs> yeah. start throwing up at each other. That would have been. Yeah, that would have been the next push over into the the right side of the line. Um. I forgot my original point, but yeah, you could view it as as sophomoric, and I don't feel that there was as much of that in this, which oddly kind of worked to its detriment. Mm-hmm. Um, at least from my perspective. Yeah. So I mean, hey, if there there is some genuine laughs to be had in this movie, mm-hmm. like it's not a humorless time. I think, like I said, if you like see. There's going to be a, a time a few years down the line where this, like, makes a a comeback in the YouTube algorithm where people see a lot of, like, the individual prank clips from this movie and they're gonna be like, oh, yeah, well, I, I got to watch this movie. Like, all this stuff's really good, but then they're going to watch the movie and it's like, yeah, that was just, like, less than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. So my advice is to uh, watch clips of the pranks on yeah. YouTube. And, my, and rather rather than the whole movie yeah my advice is uh if you haven't watched some if you haven't watched this movie or anything like it go watch jackass 2 instead 
if you have seen this movie and you want more like it, go watch Jackass 2 for more <laughs> of it. And um, if you already know about this, you know about this type and you're wondering whether to watch this movie, go watch Jackass 2 again. <laughs> uh, that's that's my uh, that's my general verdict. And then maybe the original Borat. Or any of Sasha Baron Cohen's works. Um, and yeah, that's that'll that'll get you. And then yeah, I guess you can watch this at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would say that you're probably better off watching pranks from the Eric Andre show. Um, mm. I don't know that I can really recommend this movie. I feel like you're you're probably just better off watching Eric Andre Eric Andre show clips. Um, if you're a big fan of Eric Andre's and you just, you just want to see how he does in a movie, sure. Like, I'm not going to say, like, you're not going to have a bad time watching this movie. It's just not going to be as satisfying as you want it to be. For sure. I think I think that's, that's my way of putting a, a nice fine bow on that. Wow, we went almost two hours without Jake crazy that is crazy all right so um we this weekend as we record this we're recording this uh on the 10th uh it's wrestlemania weekend and uh we have a wrestling review show that we do so we have to kind of keep a a tabs on that (laughs) which will interfere with streaming schedule um a lot of you might not hear this until after this is past the point of being relevant so uh say stay tuned to our twitter might not be the most useful to you but we will try to figure out something yes um to to get a stream up today at some point uh so we will we'll put that on twitter when we figure it out uh also check out our youtube channel like i said we're going to be parting out and uploading our reviews individually to the YouTube channel uh, in the, over the course of the next several months as I have time to go through and, and put those up there. So be tuned in to check that out and subscribe for all that stuff. Um, you can find all those links at SaturnStuds.com. And until next time, which we should have Jake back for, uh, Be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.